Welcome to the Pastor Cast. This is Pastor Leon Bloder, and we've been having some wonderful conversations over the past few episodes about the church after Corona. After a global pandemic, what does the church look like in a new world that's been created? One that we never imagined. What needs to be changed and transformed for the church in order to continue to be vibrant and vital? Last week, our conversation shifted as we began a conversation with Reverend Dr. Steve Holsey from Jacksonville, Florida, and we began talking about Christianity as a whole. What needs to be changed in our faith and the way that we think about being Christian? And this conversation was one that took us into some interesting places because Christianity needs to think about some things as well in order for it to be vibrant and vital and engaging for emerging generations. Our conversation continues today. Welcome to the Pastor Cast. And and this isn't, as you said, th- this is a big disruption to the church. Uh, but we've had disruptions in the past. Uh, 9/11 being being a good good example. Uh, when I became the pastor at at Lake Square, um, not only did we have to deal with 9/11, then we had to deal with the financial crash in 2008. Yep. And, and our funds began drying up. That's so, and, and yeah, so and the, the business model is, is not working. Well, and I think, you know, so this is what, so the way I saw it was the way that this was different. And I think it informs a lot of what you just said. In fact, I want to come back to the last point that you made uh, when I, after kind of making, you know, kind of talking about this for a second. But the thing that, that I think is different about this particular disruption, we've had plenty of them in the past, um, is that, this there's a global experience here. You know, 9-11 was sort of localized. And uh, in fact, most of us didn't really feel that, you know, any difference in our lives. I mean, we were emotionally rocked, right, right. Um, but it didn't, it didn't make any difference. You know, like we still got up, went to church, went to work, went to school. Um, I mean, there were over time, there were subtle changes and things that changed in terms of security and so forth. But the other aspect of this that's completely different is the timing of it because of technology. You know, the technology that we have, we have all this information and news and stuff. It wasn't, you know, we haven't had this much in the past. Um, And I think in terms of the church and the way that local churches have had to sort of figure this out, and many of them just got, they got shoved into the future when they weren't ready for it, um, was that their ideas of community were all centered around that Christendom model, right, of destination. You come here, we gather here, we do this here. When all of that's turned upside down, all of the other stuff goes with it too. The tradition, the sacraments, worship, mission, everything then is blurred uh, because now you can't do anything the way that you used to do it. So um, you're absolutely right. This whole thing has definitely changed the way that, you know, I've been thinking about it. And then even the way that we've been, we've had to do, to quote unquote, do church has changed. Um, you know, that the idea of um, what you were talking about in terms of, you know, uh, smaller communities, smaller faith communities and all that, um, we're going to have to figure out how to empower people to, you know, be kind of in charge of their own spiritual formation to a certain extent, you know, to learn more of how to do that, to be more equipping and sending um, and, you know, planting uh, than we were in the past. So, yeah, man, I totally, I feel like that, you know, this, I don't know about you. Have you, I don't know if this is something that resonates with you. This feels like, this feels more like a reformation. I know we've been talking about this for a long time. You and I've been talking about it for years. 
yes. uh, about how this has been a, ref, a reformative time, you know, so the, the church's 500 year rummage sale, you know, every 500 years, there's a thing that happens. Yeah. And, Fill us tickle. Yeah, absolutely. But when yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, I'm like, oh my gosh, if you look back to the Reformation 500 years ago, what was going on in the world? There was plague. <laughs> there was, there were wars. Um, yeah. There was, you know, the church had become institutionalized and was, was, you know, I mean, so here comes Martin Luther who harnesses technology of the day and starts disseminating all of this new kind of thoughts and all these things. So, I mean, it's, it's very eerie in a way, like what, you know, like this is an era, like we're living in it, you know, that the, there's a reformation underway that I think includes all, um, all the things that you were just talking about. Yeah. And, and, and I, I agree uh, with you. And I think it's important that, that Christians uh, look at themselves in the mirror and do some self-reflection. Who am I? Right. Uh, to whom uh, does my unfettered allegiance um, extend to? Yep. Uh, is Jesus Lord? Yep. Um, you know, when, when uh, Jesus says, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar and that under God, which is God's, a lot of people have understood that to mean that we have a 50-50 dual um, obligation here to serve both country and, and, and God. Um, uh, I don't read that that way. I think what Jesus was saying, give, give to Caesar what's his, what he demands of you, be a good citizen. But what God wants from you is your whole self. Mm -hmm. He wants all of you. Right. He doesn't want... Um, he doesn't want a part of your allegiance. He wants all of it. And what does that look like? When you look in the mirror at yourself, what does that look like? How, how do I give all my allegiance to God and to Christ and in and, and my daily life and walk as, as a Christ follower? One of the big issues that Christianity is facing today and something that it's going to need to overcome in this new era that we're entering into is, is a question of identity uh, and the conflation between religion and politics when it comes to so many communities of faith. This was the subject of the next part of our conversation as Steve began to talk about what needs to be important, what needs to be at the center of what we believe. Look, here's the deal. The, the, the worldview that, that we live in that is constructed by the empire is broken. Yes. Our worldview that is constructed by our relationship with Christ should not be broken. Right. And so that's what we need to ask ourselves. Which worldview do we live by? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. I'm... <laughs> I'm preaching this Sunday on um, the parable of the un unforgiving servant and I had never seen it. And I guess maybe because of the context and I'd never seen it, but it was basically Jesus was asking, was putting before his disciples, which, which economy do you want to live in? Do you want to live in the economy where there's, there's, you know, debts that, that are so insurmountable that can't be forgiven um, and then there's unforgiveness that follows it all the way down. Or do you want to live in, the, in an economy of grace in, the, in God's economy? 
Um, so what happened when the unforgiving servant decided that he was going to beat up or rough up the guy that owed him a hundred denarii, right. um, he went, he went back into, he could not leave that old economy. He could not leave that old paradigm and live in the economy in God's economy, which was completely and totally based on something else. Um, right. so, I mean, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a hard question for a lot of Christians to answer because, it's become so ingrained in them um, what constitutes patriotism, what constitutes, you know, and it's so, they're so intertwined with, with, uh, with faith uh, and with, you know, their, their version of Christianity that, you know, it, it's impossible. It feels impossible to separate the two. Um, yeah. If, and, you, if and, you separated one, then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't live outside of that, that paradigm. Right. Uh, I, I think it's important for, for Christians to understand that um, you can support your country. You can love your country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love their own native country? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's just natural. That's just natural for us to, to love, love America. Uh, it's a beautiful country. I've driven across it a couple times, and, and it's, it's a magnificent, majestic landscapes. It's a, it's a great country. I don't think it's the best country in the world. Uh, I think the kingdom of God is the best country in the world. Right. But it, if I may use that analogy. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, it's got its flaws and, and it's got its shortcomings. And coronavirus has exposed a lot of that. Um, and, I think so, and the Christian yeah. church, the Christian church, what I've seen from Christians on Facebook and Twitter and, and conversations I've had uh, is they, they've exposed themselves uh, by choosing up sides. Uh, do I like Dr. Fauci or do I not like Dr. Fauci? Right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it has become a joke when people look at Christians and they see us uh, playing these these choose the choose up games, you know. Remember how we used to throw a bat at one another and then take our hands and, oh, yeah. and go up and choose up sides. Well, that's what we're doing. We're choosing up sides. And what what guys like, for example, a, a pastor who uh, supports the the current administration uh, tells his congregation that God put this person uh, in the White House. Uh, he's totally eliminating 50% of other people in the United States. Absolutely. That's not what we pastors ought to be doing. Right. We, we should be lifting everyone up, not just a certain demographic or a certain voting block. There's been a divide that has taken place within Christianity and within the church in America. And that divide has fallen sharply along political lines and political affiliations and biases. And so many people have associated patriotism with their faith. And so we began to talk about that. What does that mean to be an American and a Christian? Listen, we are the United states of america people people tend to forget the united uh in that nomenclature right uh, but i i don't think it's the church's place to to support any political system 
uh, other than the politics of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I will go to my grave believing that, and you, you know, you may disagree or others may disagree with that. Uh, I remember um, telling Phyllis Tickle, you remember Phyllis? Oh, yeah. Uh, she's the one that said we need a rummage sale every 500 years in the yep. church. I remember telling her at, at a conference that I went to in Memphis, Tennessee, it was her last uh, public speaking engagement before she mm. passed away. And I said, Phyllis, um, and, and interestingly enough, uh, she went to high school with one of my members in my church there in Lake Square. So we had that connection. And I, I said, Phyllis, the session finally voted to take the American flag out of the sanctuary. Uh, and uh, as I look back on that now, I wish I'd never opened up that can of worms. Uh, <laughs> but she looked at me and she said, well, good for you and good for them. Somebody's got some, some guts in this world. And, uh, and, and I just thought, you know, well, that was that nice affirmation. Uh, yeah. But these are the kinds of things that we can do when we create new faith communities we, we can instill, we, we don't have to make the same mistakes that we made in marrying the church and the culture to, or the church and the, the nation together as one. In the final part of our interview together, I asked Steve what advice he would give to pastors who are in the midst of all of this, what would he say to them? What wisdom could he impart as to how they could move forward and to be more engaged leaders within the church and to lead their churches into this new era? This is what he had to say. I think if it, and this is hard to say for a type A personality such as I am, but I think the probably the best thing that you can do is to be patient. Mm. Uh, with your people, uh, be patient with the circumstance. Uh, you know, we're humans. We're, we're going to make mistakes. Um, our our leaders are going to make mistakes. Some of them unintentional. Uh, some of them intentional. Right. But we need to learn to be more patient with one another, impatient with with other people, uh, especially those. Uh, who don't have the same faith system. And, and that said, uh, I, I didn't write this down, but I intended on saying it. I think that Christianity needs to get comfortable with two realities. One is it's universal, mm-hmm. meaning that, that Christ has been revealed to us, the church, but he may be revealed in other ways to other people. Absolutely. We need to get comfortable with that idea and get uh-huh. rid of this exclusionary version of the gospel. Yep. Uh, Jesus is the only way. And also, I think it's important um, uh, that we get real comfortable with science. Mm-hmm. Uh, science ought not be the enemy of the Christian faith. It's probably the greatest ally we've got. Yeah. Um, so until we can get really, till we can put the, the, the Snopes trial behind us for good, until yeah. we can get rid of this antagonism that exists between certain branches of 
Christianity with science right. and get really comfortable with what science is trying to tell us. It's not infallible, uh, but it's a good ally to have. And also, uh, I think it's important that we uh, get used to the idea, as Rob Bell said in, in one of his books, about Christ being revealed in the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, the water coming out of the rock. Yep. I don't remember exactly the context of how that was, how that was articulated. But I, I do believe that God has revealed himself um, in, the, in the cosmic Christ. Yep. And, and uh, the cosmic Christ being um, the, the God's revelation of himself to the whole world, uh, transcending borders and nationalities, ethnicities, and, and, and faith preferences. And if, we're, if, if we, as, as, as followers of Christ, are uncomfortable with that, uh, we've got a long road ahead of us. One of the things that I've discovered as I've been working in the church for the past 20 years or so is that emerging generations don't seem to be all that concerned about all of the things that my generation and previous generations have been arguing about and have been using as battlegrounds within the church. And so that's one of the things that I pointed out to Steve is that that the next generations are going to be the ones that are going to tell the tale. What they find important is, what are you doing to change the world? Steve agreed, and this is what he had to say in response. All I know from my life experience is correct doctrine has never changed anybody's heart. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Only experience can do that. Experience, a living relationship with Christ. Yeah. Uh, The power of of the Holy Spirit. can shape and mend the heart uh, in ways that correct doctrine don't even come close. But the particularity of the Christian faith and the idea that Christ, as Eugene Peterson once said, plays in 10,000 places, I mean, that's something that is very important for church leaders to be thinking about. But church leaders and pastors need to also be thinking about science and faith and the way that there's been this division between the two that has been created in large part by faith communities and by scientific communities as well. And so this is what Steve had to say about science and faith. Several years ago, a friend of mine um, who was a a chemistry major in in college uh, recommended a book to me and, and he, he was evangelical, very conservative, and still is for that matter. Uh, but I was really amazed that he, he recommended this book to me, but it was an eye opener. And the name of the book is Thank God for Evolution. <laughs> and if yeah. you haven't read it, you should. It, yeah. It's a great book. I don't remember the author's name, but he, he fancies himself as an evolutionary theologian. Uh-huh. Well, there's, uh, a lot, there's a lot of them now. But the evolutionary mm-hmm. paradigm, I, I don't see how you can construct um, a, a worldview or even a theology without taking into consideration the, the evolutionary advancements of not only uh, life on Earth, but also cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we are evolving yes. as, 
human species. We are. <laughs> and we hear these things about making America great again, for example. When was it ever really great? <laughs> We're evolving towards greatness, but, right. but we've never been there. We've got yeah. so many dark spots and so many, so many skeletons in our closet. Well, uh, the great America that, that most of those folks are referring to was not great for a lot of people, like uh, gay exactly. people and women and, bl and black people and brown people. People of color. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Native I mean? Native Americans. That's not a great, that wasn't a great America. No, but, uh, but yeah. that's what we need to recognize. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for this, man. I sure do appreciate it. I think, uh, you know, it was a wonderful conversation and I think it does give a lot of insight into uh, sort of, you know, what's going to be coming next. Um, not yeah. just for the church, not just for local churches, but for, for uh, Christianity as a whole. And so it was. Well, do some good fun. editing because I said way more than I intended to say. <laughs> well, this will be two podcasts. <laughs> okay, well, cut out, cut out the controversial statements. All right, well, we won't, we won't do that, man. I, I got to get people to listen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just All don't right. get my email address out. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Pastor Cast as much as I enjoyed putting it together and interviewing Steve. So special thanks to Reverend Dr. Steve Holsey from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, for his wisdom and insight. Um, please join us again. We're going to continue these conversations about the church after Corona. Uh, what is the church and what does Christianity look like in this new era that's being created after this global pandemic? We're glad that you joined us. We hope that you have a great day and we'll see you again very soon here at the PastorCast.